grace and mercy and peace belong to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Presumption versus reality. Presumption versus reality. The two can be very, very different. When I was a kid, I begged my dad continually for a horse. I wanted a horse. My presumption was that a horse would just be fun. Ride it through the pasture of our farm. Just have it there. There's my friend the horse. What could be easier? And in response, my father kindly, gently, patiently, persistently refused. He kindly, gently, patiently, persistently refused because he knew that my presumption was very different from the reality. He had grown up with horses on the farm and he knew the expense and the care and the complications that can come that horses can have a knack for developing uh, health issues that you have to be monitoring all the time. Things that I found out later on in life, as someone years later told me, whoever came up with the phrase healthy as a horse has never owned a horse. Presumption and reality can be two very different things. That brings us to the Word of God before us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Perhaps many of us have heard this read often at, at weddings, and, and appropriately so, appropriately so. Nevertheless, sometimes when we hear these words of God regularly at weddings, you and I might ease into a certain presumption about this passage, that it is simply heartwarming and romantic, comfortable, cozy, sentimental, warm and fuzzy. The reality is that a careful reading of these words is sobering. God's Word is talking here about a specific kind of love. The Greek language in the New Testament has different words for different kinds of love. The kind of love that God's Word is describing here is the Greek word agape, agape, agape love. We could spend an hour trying to get a handle on the full grasp of what agape love is. Some have said it is loving someone even when that someone is not lovable and not lovely. That what impels us to love that person is not anything in that person, but it's the commitment of the will to give your life over. We'll talk a little bit about that some more in a moment. But here's the setting. 
Paul is writing to a people in a certain culture, the Greek culture. And that culture at the time of Paul believes that if you're smart, if you're talented, if you're well-spoken, and if you can do some big dramatic wow deeds that garner lots of attention, well, if you can do those things, then you are well on your way to being somebody. You're well on your way to being a person of significance. You are on your way to fashioning for yourself a real identity. And so Paul speaks to this cultural presumption, and as he does, he does not hold much back. He gives three examples. The first one, he's, he, he gives the example, well, well what if I'm a, just a master communicator? Doesn't that count for something? Doesn't that help me put a mark in my life? Paul writes, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, without love, I'm, it's, it's just noise. Well, how about a second example? What if, what if I'm a spiritual powerhouse and... I'm, I I'm just have inexhaustible biblical knowledge and, and heroic faith. What does that count for? Paul writes, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries and have all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Well, then he gets to a third example. What if I give away all that I have and give myself away as a martyr? There, isn't that going to make a mark for me that I'm a person of significance? Won't that wow people? Paul writes, If I give away everything I own, and if I give up my body that I may be burned, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And now Paul gives some definitions as to what agape love is. And keep in mind, as he does this, he is speaking to people influenced by their culture. And as they are influenced by their culture, many are quickly forgetting the things truly connected with agape love. And they are beginning to presume that the word love is just a polite, nice, easy veneer. Love is patient, Paul says. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not behave indecently. It is not selfish. It is not irritable. It does not keep a record of wrongs. It does not rejoice over unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 
Imagine you are in a courtroom. A courtroom at the very end of your life. And your life is under assessment. And the court is about to render a verdict. And as this is happening, it all gels for you and it, and it dawns on you. I had one thing to do with my whole life. I had one thing to do. Love. And how did I do? Love means no impatience. No envy. No selfishness. No irritability. Love means no keeping a record of wrongs. Love means rejoicing in the truth. Well, that one sounds noble. Can't we all get behind that? But it also means when the truth is about you and when the truth about you hurts. Imagine such a public courtroom assessment of your life as to how you really did for that one thing you and I were supposed to do. Such an assessment would leave me shattered, destroyed, dismissed in contempt, sentenced to the outer darkness, all of which reminds us why Jesus came. God so loved the world, John 3.16. The word love there is agape love. Agape love moved Jesus to live a life of perfect love in our place where you and I have so utterly failed. And agape love moved him to carry my sins of impatience, my sins of pettiness, my sins of envy, my sins of quiet arrogance, my sins of just under the radar selfishness, my sins of irritability, my sins of avoiding the hard truths about myself, all of these sins of mine and yours and of all, he carried to Calvary's cross and he stayed on that cross until his blood had washed all the wrong away. And three days later, he raised himself back to life. All so that now, the result is that through faith in him, cleansed we are, you and I. Forgiven we are, you and I. Embraced we are, you and I, loved we are.
you and I. And from this result, what follows is this. What he has secured for you and me now empowers you and me to begin to grow in what agape love truly is. And when that happens, light begins to shine. The light of Jesus begins to shine through us. When that happens, the Lord Jesus, through you and me, touches the souls of others. The Apostle John says it so well. We love because he first loved us. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.